You guys, cherry, more like refrigeratory. <laughs> am I right? I know that I am. I'm not high fiving. That's you. fine. <laughs> that might be our open for this episode. <laughs> We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that suck and shows that float. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. Featuring the VIPs of SBTV, Austin G and Dr. DB with our AT&C money. Weird TV is their specialty. It might be all four, or just one, two, or three. Cause they're old and kinda busy. So go get ready and take a peek. So set your phasers to download a rarity that we have bestowed. Special moments no one would have showed. Open your body holes cause you're gonna get told Grab yourself a drink and let's unload In a very special episode Hello and welcome to a very special episode The podcast which reviews very special episodes from pop culture I'm your host this week, Austin Gorton And flush with punky power is... David <laughs> oh shit, <laughs> David! I need to see your punky levels right yeah. now. What yeah, you we're gonna have to compare. No, yeah, compare. I'm at like 56. Shit, he's gone. Conning people into overpaying for appliances is Carolyn Maine. <laughs> and still struggling to get out of the metaphoric refrigerator that is his life. <laughs> I I thought it was only women in refrigerators. Oh, oh yeah, they, I didn't even think about that at the time. <laughs> this is where that came from. <laughs> it is okay, not, it's not where it came from. The Green Lantern <laughs> comic stole it from this. <laughs> well, that, that'd be awesome. <laughs> oh, my name is Ryan Alexander Tanner, by the way. I'm your Thank fourth you, Ryan. host. And this week we are discussing Season 2, Episode 16 of Punky Brewster entitled Sherry Lifesaver, the episode which taught an entire generation of children about the evil which lurks in all of our kitchens, a vile mechanical beast that, if given the chance, will murder you and everyone you love in its cold, airless grasp, the refrigerator. <laughs> there's a and there's some crap about, about the importance of CPR <laughs> and paying attention in class, but I'm pretty sure the big takeaway from this is that fridges are deadly. Wait, what? I thought, because we're doing special episodes, I thought that this was about not getting grifted at a uh, appliance store. Did I miss something? It's packed with important lessons. Mm-hmm. That's really what this boils down to. Well, I was making a sandwich, and then I came and I saw the part, and yeah. then I went and took a shit. So I only saw about three minutes of it. You just saw Cheapo <laughs> Chester? Yeah, and I feel like, but I feel like I got the point. Yeah, you did. You're like, hey... That guy who pretended like he was going to buy this fridge was in cahoots with him. Avoid obvious scams. His name know. is Cheapo. I know. <laughs> not even it's your I own love fault. that he has a store at the mall called Cheapo Chester's. It's your own fault if you get grief- grifted by a man named Cheapo. I think it's really good branding. I especially enjoyed his seal of approval. Yeah, I did. Yeah, like that was seal. like a seal with a ball on, the, on its nose. A literal dang seal. You don't get showmanship like that anymore with your grifters. That's true. And your Amazons and whatnot. So, Austin? Yeah. What's the premise of Punky Brewster? I haven't seen it 
in a really long it's time. Another p- plucky orphan, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> sure it, yeah. Orphans the abound in the eighties. Right? <laughs> yeah, there apparently there was a rash of orphans in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, um, and she was a orphan who's taken in by an elderly gentleman named Henry, okay. who's not rich as far as I know. Um, I believe he owns some kind of photo studio, is what I recall. Like, he takes, like, portraits of people and sells them pictures because this was the 1980s and that was still a viable business model when everyone didn't have a phone in their pocket at all times. Austin? Yeah. Did he develop the photos for the bicycle man? <laughs> um, he would be the kind of person who would have in terms of, like, that's where you take them and... He's like, that's a good Tarzan shot. I'm keeping this. (laughs) And so I believe the general idea is that he takes her in as like a foster child. And then at some point in the development of the series, he actually like formally adopts her Mm. as his daughter. And then it's just like they live in an apartment building and her friend Sherry lives in that building, too. And they go to school where Milo is their teacher. (laughs) Milo! Yeah, Milo from Good Morning, Miss Bliss! Looks like he's come up in the world. He was doing janitoring (laughs) at night until he could get his teaching degree. Well, this was before, though, right? Also, he's been coming down in the world. (laughs) It's racism. It's institutionalized racism then. (laughs) Shoved him down. This aired for four seasons from 1984 to 1988. But apparently it got canceled after two seasons then it went first run syndication for the next two yeah and it was originally designed the the head of nbc like went out and wanted someone to make a show that he could pair with silver spoons as like a family friendly block Mm. of tv shows that they could put on opposite 60 minutes Mm. Because they figured they're going to lose to 60 Minutes. Because, again, this is the 80s where the only place you could get TV news was, like, one network. Yeah. And they're like, well, we're going to lose, like, the adult demographic to 60 Minutes. So if we counter-program with, like, a friendly kids show to go along with Silver Spoons, we'll get all of that audience. Mm. And that network executive was Brandon Tartikoff, oh. who listeners of our Save by the Bell Review podcast have encountered before. Is she the one that banged the screech, allegedly? <laughs> Brandon Tartikoff is not the one who banged the screech, allegedly. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon Tartikoff is the one who appeared in the anti-drug commercial oh, after yeah. they told Johnny Dakota to take He has a me. tragic story, though, didn't he? Did he die or just his daughter? No, he died. I think he died fairly young. Was it yeah. in a fridge? No. But didn't his daughter die too? She was in an accident, I think. Oh yeah, and then she was just like special needs after that, I think. And then he got yeah. cancer and died, I think. Jesus, Something David, like this is a fucking comedy <laughs> podcast. Sorry. <laughs> and then his mother starved to death. All <laughs> got AIDS. Listen, the truth can't be controversial. He left NBC in 1991, and a year after that, he left the the chair his post as chairman of Paramount Pictures to spend more time with his daughter, who was injured in a car crash. Okay. So and he died in 1997 of Hodgkin's lymphoma. Oh. Um. Fun fact: Punky Brewster's dog <laughs> is named Brandon, and the dog is named after Brandon Tartikoff. Wow. Isn't there a really sad one where the dog dies? In a fridge. Henry? Or Brandon, sorry. Brandon is the dog. <laughs> Henry the was a chief. Henry's the dad, right? <laughs> this 
Henry is the dad who's played by the like the main police chief in all of the police academy movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, why couldn't they get the one guy from Maud and Different Strokes? Yeah, <laughs> Conrad Bain. Yeah. yeah. Well, the it funny be thing all the is, watch. Uh, before I watched this, like I've seen Punky Brewster, but then also then you know chose this, and so I was like setting up to watch on YouTube, and in my mind, I kind of remember this episode, but Henry in my mind was always being replaced by Conrad Bain's. Like I could yeah. not say there's anything with Conrad Bain. I'm like, as soon as I watch the episode, I'm going to see what the guy really looks like, but in my mind right now, it's just another orphan adopted by Conrad Bain. It felt off that it wasn't Conrad Bain. It is worth pointing out that this is the first episode of our show to not feature Conrad Bain in some kind of role. <laughs> I'm kind of at a loss. I don't know what to do with myself. What do I do with my hands? <laughs> I feel empty. I know you look so uncomfortable. <laughs> so yeah, David, I know you watched some of this. Ryan Carroll, did you guys ever watch Punky Brewster when you were kids? Um, not too much when I was a kid, but I did watch her Halloween special, which... People who did watch it as a kid have been talking about as adults lately for scaring the bejesus out of them. <laughs> this show oh, seems good that. at that. Yeah, there's, all the kids die in Austin, you know? Yeah, there's some, like, oh, they have okay. a really big prop budget for like two minutes, and then like each kid is dead in the side of a cave with yeah, a get... spooky ghost in it, and then the budget gets less and less and less, so the last one's just a skeleton in a wig. Damn. I <laughs> oh, love yeah. it. Yeah, I remember, that, like, they go camping, and they get stuck in a cave, and yeah. she tells, like, a ghost story or something. Yeah, and then she has to confront an actual, like, Native American cave demon. I think they're trying wow. to do, like, poltergeist. It's pretty good. Huh. Yeah. How about you, Ryan? Um, I've seen it before. Like, I can remember watching it a little bit. I don't remember it ever being, like, my show that I would watch. But I feel like I just would watch it because it was on. You know, I feel like it was the kind of show, like, if we moved a lot when I was a kid, and, like, sometimes we'd have cable and sometimes we wouldn't, you know. I think it was the kind of show where, like, we'd move and, oh, we have cable now. And it would be on, like, USA or TBS, like, one of the... uh, And I'd watch it a couple times, but I never made it. Or, like, if you were sick, it would come on or something. But I didn't really remember it hardly at all. Like, I was really, I didn't know. It's interesting to watch these shows now and not really know what the premise is, where you're, like, trying to gain context for the show while watching, like, a kind Mm -hmm. of different type of episode. One thing for me is that when Sherry's, who I learned was her grandmother, came over, I was trying to figure out who this was in relation, and I felt guilty like I was having racist feelings because my initial thought was, oh, maybe she's the maid or something. Well, in, in your defense, Ryan, this is the first episode of our show that doesn't feature Conrad Bain. Uh-huh. It's also the first episode of our show to not feature African-American house. Yeah. Yeah, and I, that was the thing, and that's what I told myself to feel better was I was like, well, it's the time. It wasn't my assumption. It was uh, context for like when, you know, yeah, I still, I still. But she, yeah, she is. She's just the, the. Well, no. So then I learned, and then I watched as I was watching. I realized because I was like, "Who is this?" And then I realized that she and Henry are best friends. More or less. Yeah. yeah so well, I, like I think that. they're. Yeah, they're. They live in the same apartment complex, so you know. And David, their daughters are friends. They're and... best friends. <laughs> well, yeah, that's how they met, I guess. I'm not saying whether or not they're best friends or not. Do they scissor? Uh, I assume so. No, but I think they go to the Sizzler. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, Punky Bruce is one of those weird shows in that I 
remember watching it a lot as a kid. Like if I would say like, oh yeah, Punky Brewster, like that was one of my shows when I was a kid. But other than this episode, I couldn't tell you like anything else that happened in another episode of Punky Brewster. I remember like a really emotional one, and I think it might be the one where he officially adopts her. Yeah, I did I did go down a little bit of an IMDb rabbit hole when I was researching this and was like reading brief little synopses of various episodes and that reminded me that like at the end of the I think the end of like the second season there's like a five or six part arc where it's like just like changes part one changes part two where he is about to adopt her but then his shop burns down and he ends up in the hospital and so then a greasy bureaucrat takes her away and puts her in a dickensian orphanage (laughs) that's what i kind of remember and again i vaguely upon reading that i vaguely recalled it but really the one i i remember from this series is this episode and while I think its message is more about the importance of first aid, what it really did was make me scared the fuck of fridges for a long <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah, should we wait till we get to it, or should we talk? Yeah, about I it? suppose we should. Hey, Austin, when you yeah. were in that rabbit hole, did the rabbit die? Yeah, that's how long I was down there. Nice. <laughs> you had sex with another rabbit, then had to test it on this other rabbit. <laughs> Pee and all the yeah. rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> we should maybe explain like when you i don't know if people will listen to every episode of this like they did well, they don't that's on them <laughs> missing all this hot callback yeah. that's yeah. the fun that's the fun reward for our listeners that listen every week gotcha so these kids are they always on it too yes for the most part yeah. like sherry is in pretty much every other episode is the little asshole kid always on it the little asshole kid is in like most. a couple dozen okay. episodes but, like, out of four seasons, that's obviously not And then that episode. white girl, like the stuck-up girl? Margot is in a lot of Was episodes. that Kirsten Dunst? Yeah. It was not oh, Kirsten okay. Dunst. Who was it? Uh, her name is Amy Foster, and you may recognize her from Troop Beverly Hills um, if you're the kind of person who saw Troop yeah. Beverly Hills. All right. And then the girl in the refrigerator. <laughs> Humorously enough, that is the actress Sherry Johnson playing a character named Sherry Johnson. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, is she one of those actors who can't remember another yeah. name? <laughs> well, you know, there's lots of sitcoms, especially ones built around stand-up comics, seem to name their main characters after the comic. True. Like, they can't remember their character name otherwise. Roseanne, Louis. Uh, Tim Allen on Home Improvement. But usually they change the last name. Apparently here they just went with... The actress's name is the character's name. Well, maybe they pulled what I would have pulled, which is she was like one of the first people cast. You know, you probably got Soleil Moonfry and George Gaines first, but then, you know, you cast her and then you're like, well, we need a character name, but she's black. So I'd be afraid of being racist. So I'm like, how can I guard myself from making a racist name for a character? So then you just go with her real name and then you can't be here protected at that point. Aw, David, it's cute that you think TV networks worried about being racist. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying the liberal writers cared. Okay. Uh, Ryan, you may recognize Sherry Johnson. From Family Matters. From Family Matters. Yeah, that's Maxine. She played Maxine. Yeah, she dated Waldo Geraldo Faldo. Oh, I know her a little bit. Yeah. 
She's been in a lot, like a lot of other little things. And nothing really notable. Speaking of being racist, I also uh. thought she was the girl from Salute Your Shorts, oh. whose mm. name is Venus De Milo. <laughs> in real life, I learned, but she's not. But she was also on Family Matters. Yeah. Uh, so I don't feel as racist. Right. But I feel a little racist today. Right. Did you know that there is another uh, Full House alum? so to speak, on this episode? No, who? Was it Chester or the seal? Uh, it was the guy who helped Chester grift. Nice. He was Joey and Jesse's boss at the ad agency. Wow. Oh, okay. I blocked all that shit out. I don't remember watching <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty show. sure the gal, I'm pretty sure the girl who plays Margot was also in an episode of Full House, but I don't remember offhand which one it was i um, want to say too that i watched this on youtube yeah thanks yeah, david yeah. for finding this on youtube so i almost paid two dollars to amazon to watch this i'm so <laughs> glad i didn't but um and it was fine the video was fine but the only thing that was unusual about it was whoever posted it just had written in text it just said punky brewster forever yeah. <laughs> like right in the middle it was like a watermark in the middle of the screen yeah was, i assume they do that to try to like dodge copyright infringement mm-hmm. and stuff Oh, I just like, thought that they felt so strongly about Punky Brewster. <laughs> I feel like that's that part of their take. group, and that's where they usually make all their rips, is like there's yeah. a whole community. Yeah. Like, I watch a, a show that I download, and then it, it's it's Project Runway, and mm. the cedar is like this bear person, and at the very end he shows a bear destroying the camera, and he always like cuts two minutes out of the middle of judging, like a bear edit, like, wow. <laughs> These people develop their personalities, which is nice. All right. Um, I found in my internet rabbit hole searching a uh, like an oral history of Punky Brewster online with like a bunch of interviews from the producers and directors and stuff. And they talked a little bit about this episode. But one of the big things that I saw in there was that when they were looking to cast the teacher who was eventually played by T.K. Carter, a.k.a. Milo, they said, they said they wanted someone dynamic and fun who could be a strong male influence for Punky, and Jim Carrey auditioned for the role. Whoa. But it was almost a comic maniac and wasn't quite suited for children. Yeah. Yeah, he's got his own sex room. The other thing that I learned <laughs> How about do you this know episode, that, David? <laughs> I feel like it's common knowledge. Not that that really affects his ability to play like, to like be with kids, because I think it's his own private business. <laughs> But apparently he has, like, his own, like, special room in a house that's just for, like, kinky sex. Yeesh. And that lady just committed suicide, and she got the pills from him. Ugh. Blamed him in the note. Oh, yeah. That was, I thought that, yeah. Yeah, it was, like, a year ago, maybe. Which is just now, according to our schedule. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> um, another fun thing I learned about this episode, it was the result of a write-in contest. Huh. What? They, after the first season, they basically said at, like, the end of a show, like, hey, kids, send us ideas for future episodes, and if we pick it, we'll, like, you know, credit you and have you come on the show or whatever. And, uh, like, a little, a brother and sister submitted the idea of the kids learning CPR and then getting off the bus and seeing an elderly person collapse and then giving them CPR. Mm. And then they were like, you know, it would really seal that premise being stuck in a refrigerator. <laughs> well, so then the the producer, he was quoted as saying that the fridge element was added because of research they did 
learning that an alarming number of kids had suffocated in an old fridge or freezer. The government had passed laws as early as the late 50s to ban manufacturing a fridge you couldn't open from the inside, but in low economic neighborhoods, the old ones were being tossed out in vacant lots and lasted forever. Mm. Yeah, I was gonna. That was my main fridge question: is like, couldn't you just get out? Would it really be hard? I guess they sealed differently, huh? Yeah. Nowadays, yeah, and they well, and like you notice on this one, there's almost like a latch to the handle. Yeah, and like a button to, you have to push or almost. To, yeah. yeah, you have to like pull the handle mm-hmm. out and then open the door, and I think that's where. It's just not designed to be open from the inside, the actual, like, catch mechanism. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a really cute vintage enamel 50s fridge, which, you know, hipsters like me really like, but you do want to get new wiring. And I guess <laughs> have a latch if if you want yeah. children now to Now that escape. I think about it, maybe one of the reasons this freaked me out so much is because my grandparents had a fridge pretty much just like this one in their basement. Ooh. And they, they still put do, you in it ever. I know, where they were like, hey, Austin, I heard there was a bunch of candy in the fridge. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't, but I hung out in that basement a lot when I was a kid, and I I stayed clear of that fridge for fear that it would, like, I don't know, I'd open it up and then trip inside and die. (laughs) Do you think that if you hadn't been for this episode, you would have died in that fridge? (laughs) I I think I may have. It's like about a 75% chance. Yeah, Yeah, 75, 77% maybe. Thank you, Punky Brewster, for Austin. I know, we wouldn't have you here with us today if it wasn't for this episode of Punky Brewster. Damn right. See, these very special episodes save lives, people. Can I say one thing before we actually get into the actual episode? No, well, one I'd more never thing. Get into it. I really love this theme song. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. It sounds like Christopher Cross to me. I know. <laughs> Maybe the world is blind. Or just a You can't be sure of anything anymore. You know what's funny too is when I was like, "Oh yeah, the Punky Brewster theme," and I was like, "Oh yeah, it's another one that's like every time I turn." But then I was like, "It starts and it's like, see the world is and I was like, "Oh right, it's that theme." But then it goes into the other part, and that's the part. It's like I never think there's layers to it. Yeah, just a one note theme song here. They really build up to it. Did Alan Thick sing it? <laughs> no, I don't even know. It was the uh, it was written and performed by Gary Portnoy. Mm. Way to go, Gary Port. Good old Gary Portnoy. Uh, he also did the uh, theme music for Mr. Belvedere. Uh, no way! And he is the guy who co-wrote and sung 
where everybody knows your name. Oh, wow. so oh he's yeah. like the mm-hmm. Billy Joel yeah. of opening theme. This guy, he knows what kind of lost art. Yeah, it, it, oh, it definitely is because nowadays you just don't get, well, you don't get theme songs like this anymore because that's that's precious ad time they could sell. Except Big right. Bang Theory for some reason. No, I think big because Big Bang Theory's been on for like thirty five years, so it. <laughs> predated a lot of that. I think David is shouting out Big Bang Theory too much. That's like one per episode. It just comes up. When we think of modern day theme songs, I'm like, that's the only one I can... Yeah, that has like a legitimate theme song to it. And that's still relatively... That was past the point where most things just got rid of their theme song. Yeah. I mean, in all seriousness, it was, even when it originally aired, somewhat unique for having a, a theme song with like lyrics and shit. So yes, after after the exceedingly catchy theme song, (laughs) which interestingly enough, Soleil Moon Fry, who obviously plays Punky, is the second name in the credits behind uh, George George Gaines. Patriarchy, Um, right? Right? Because I'm like, it's her fucking show. You think she'd be the first character listed? But whatever. I was just so happy to see Milo that I didn't even notice. (laughs) Yeah, I did get excited that Milo shows up. I forgot that he was on this, so I saw him. I was like. Right? <laughs> I have to admit to laughing out loud at George Gaines' name. You guys are pronouncing it well, but to me it read like George Gayness. Uh, <laughs> it can also be spelled like that. That's yeah. pretty fun. Got me. Do we even know if he... Uh, if he's gay, if no, character I character ever had a wife, look at him. <laughs> I don't know offhand i guess let's let's, let's learn about the love life yeah george gayness <laughs> <laughs> to be fair in different strokes conrad baines kind of looked uh gay to me but then apparently yeah. gets a wife later so he gets maybe a wife just later. Well, according... i'm pretty sure all the sitcom dads are gay now yeah according to our crack research team he was a widowed photographer, oh, so he was okay. married at some point oh, presumably to a woman no, that's called societal also... pressure Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was also the manager of the apartment building, which is something I didn't realize oh. um, watching this. Obviously, because I guess that explains why he's like breaking out his fridge. <laughs> anyway, so boy, does that scene, fridge break when it breaks? <laughs> yeah, in the first scene, we find out that Henry needs a new fridge because his current one is like belching comically black smoke out the back. Well, all right, so I have two questions. A, I didn't know refrigerators created styrofoam in the freezer, but that's apparently what happened there. <laughs> It looks like ice on TV. <laughs> but yeah, that smoke, was that, f- it almost looked like bad special effects, but then I couldn't believe that they, like bad. Well, that was definitely CG smoke. But, <laughs> in 1986, on <laughs> network television, definitely. <laughs> Did they really go through the time to put CG smoke in there? No. No, oh, David. like smoke capsules or <laughs> but something. But it didn't look right real, though. It was so perplexing to me. I don't know. It was real. That's what happens when a fridge dies. It has a death rattle slash fridge fart. <laughs> yeah. When my when I, when I my appliances die, it's always really dramatic. Yeah. I like when you're like, you Henry need... needs a new fridge. That sounded like something like someone would yell, like, come on, snake eyes. Henry needs a new fridge. <laughs> 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 well, I'm pretty sure the fridge died because it needed the soul of a child to live on, and it was going hungry. Do you think that if they had let her die in the fridge, that it would have worked again, and he could have had yes. it forever? Oh, yes, I 100% yeah, yeah. believe that. Wow. They should have put that asshole kid in the fridge. That's in Fridge <laughs> Repair 101. Yep. What's interesting is, 
Austin eats everything completely fresh because he doesn't believe in refrigerators anymore. <laughs> Never got over it. And then the dog runs away when the fridge is breaking because it's so scary. And yeah. Rough. And then we don't see that dog again. He's out. <laughs> That's true. He's gone forever. He sensed yeah. the evil of the refrigerator. Brandon Tartikoff, the dog, TV ran away. Henry says that he doesn't want to replace a fr- the fridge. Because he likes the one he has, because it was built in the days when they built things to last, which is the same thing that every old person ever in every time period has said. <laughs> yeah. And I get that. I get attached to inanimate objects. Like, I have underwear so old it's held together with gossamer threads and rumors. <laughs> it looks, er, Carol's underwear looks just like that fake smoke. <laughs> yeah, it does that to you once a day. Was yeah. he, is, your is it also hunger for the souls of children? Yeah. So. Uh, and then we also get some hilariously awkward exposition about how the kids are learning first aid because they're like, yeah. too bad that fridge isn't a person. And then Cherry's <laughs> grandma's like, what do you know about first aid? That was smooth. Austin, if a fridge yeah. turned into a person, would that person be your mortal enemy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so then we go into Wait, Milo's... wait, wait. I'm pretty sure if a fridge turned into a person, it would look a lot like Big Mike. Who is that football player? It was like something, the refrigerator? (laughs) William the Refrigerator refrigerator Perry. Perry. Yeah, do you hate him, Austin? (laughs) Um, I kind of do, because I never had his G.I. Joe as a kid. Mm. He also did some WWF, didn't he? Yeah, he did a little bit of that in the early times, and all he had to do was be a big guy, but it was more just on name value. (laughs) And so he was like in like like the first WrestleMania, I think. One of the first few. So then we go to the classroom <laughs> where Milo is teaching the kids about CPR. Yes. And we know that Milo is a cool teacher because his kids are sitting on their desks, not mm. just him sitting mm. on his desk. Chairs are for suckers. He's a progressive teacher. No, it's great. So- and Ryan, you, if correct me if I'm wrong, but you recently had to get certified in CPR in order to be responsible for the lives of children. I was really thinking about that a lot, actually, while I was watching this. Um, and it was making me realize how much I don't remember any of the CPR training. <laughs> that comfort. It was was like this a good refresher hours. course for you? You're like, oh, the air goes in their lungs. The best thing about the CPR training was, besides just looking on my phone all day, secretly. Um, was it Which happened- is probably why you don't remember much of it. Well, it's part of it, yes was at least twice that day, someone who was sitting near me would, like, lean over and be like, hey, do we get paid for this? <laughs> and I was like, no, no. That's why I was mad when we showed up, and you're only mad now. It's because it's a six-hour CPR, mandatory CPR training that we're not getting paid for. You don't remember it because you just kept trying to blow air into the butt of the mannequin. Yeah. I don't remember because I gave so much CPR that it made me lightheaded. <laughs> so, so Ryan, what you're CPR. saying is that in this class you had to take on CPR, you were like smart-ass Alan who yeah. refused to take it seriously. And well, I, I have something to say about that. but <laughs> I've got something to say about Alan. And I don't say Which this is what? about most kids, but he's got a punchable face. Oh yeah, my god, does. about most kids, David? He wouldn't say that about most oh. kids. Oh, I thought you said that you would. No, he usually, nine times out of ten, he doesn't say that about a kid. Yeah, usually I see a kid and I don't feel the urge to punch them in the face. But <laughs> well, Alan just has a look him. about him that I feel like a nice pop would be satisfying. Yeah, well, I would see that. 
Um, <laughs> one thing about this was that CPR has really changed a lot. That was yeah. that was really what I was leading up to because my understanding is that it's changed, but I've never taken like a formal class on it. Mm-hmm. So I assume this is kind of outdated. Well, I'm nowadays. I'm agnostic about things or whatever. You know, I'm so skeptical of everything to a degree. But um, one thing that's weird is even I had to get CPR certified like four years ago. And even in that four years, it changed. it's always changing. Yeah. But it, like, really has changed. Like, Did they have, like, the recession Annie-type robot with different colored lights for if you were breathing good? One that looked like, uh, it looked like Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I feel like that's the one thing that hasn't changed. Yeah. And I mean that literally, like, when you go to a CPR class now, you're practicing on the same dummy they were practicing yeah. on, like, 40 years ago. Well, and no, because... that, like, a dummy of a... They modeled it after, like, this really pretty girl who drowned, and everyone's like, God, oh, look at this nice corpse. And then they <laughs> cast that and molded it, and that's the recession Annie to this day, right? Yes, no. yes, I'm right. No. I'm not gonna argue with you. <laughs> uh, the, the mannequins are just, like, a head and a torso. Yeah. And the lungs, yeah. like, actually inflate on them. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Really, and also the face—you can like peel it off, like it has like a peel-offable face. It's really disturbing. I took a picture of it. I mean, Ryan. So weird... Technically speaking, if with enough effort, everyone has a peel-offable face. No, but like it's like a red. You know, you can see how it's like one piece is this rubber face, and then the, the, the frame. Oh, okay. I did... It didn't have a butt. It doesn't even have a butt. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Carol's out. I can't learn on this thing. Well, it happened so much in training <laughs> that people were blowing into its butt that they were just like, it just this thing can't have a butt, or we'll never. <laughs> These buttholes are wearing out. It already weeks. takes six hours to do this training without added time for the butt. Well, I've read up a little on CPR, and like, well, what I was reading just recently because of this episode, it's like. CPR isn't necessarily very effective, but there's that feeling of if somebody's heart's not beating and they're not breathing, you might as well do something, and it might help. I mean, it's yeah, kind I... of meant to like keep someone alive until better shit comes along. Like you're literally breathing for their body. Yeah. It's like a air machine at that point, and it's and it's less about you doing that and bringing them back as it is you doing that until someone with better medical training and equipment comes along. Yeah. yeah. At which point they might be able to resuscitate. Yeah. Them. It just keeps your hands and mouth busy. Yeah. It gives you something to do. Cause it's awkward to just watch someone <laughs> slowly dying. You want to get your mouth on them. It's just, yeah. It's like, no one knows who to look at. If you know. And Milo does mention this, but I think it's more frequent than people realize that like ribs will break. Usually, if you're yeah. doing it right, because you really have to put a lot of force into it. Yeah. And it's I just like, it right. it's not good for the, per- like, the, the it's almost a myth in TV, and we kind of see it here, that, like, some, this happens, and then CPR resuscitates them, and then they're just like, all right, let's get back to work. Let's do the, it's like, you're kind of messed up after that. And I don't think that, I doubt that, uh, like, I mean, how old are these kids? 12, maybe? Mm-hmm. They probably wouldn't even, I guess she's 12 too. You just question if they'd even have like yeah. the strength necessary to put the kind of pressure on the heart necessary to like keep the blood mm-hmm. pumping. I like how straight they play it. How like Alan won't stop cracking wise. Like, and it's yeah. weird too. Cause like they'll be doing something and then Milo will be like, Oh, what about this? Alan, Alan will be like, Ah, wrecked him. I nearly killed him. Put it <laughs> in the box. And then everyone, and then everyone laughs. And then Milo's always like, dude. Alan. 
not cool. <laughs> and there's like a weird little pause. It's like uncomfortable. And then... <laughs> I thought it was strange that you guys think he's an asshole with a punchable face because isn't he pretty much just like us at this <laughs> podcast today? Yeah, he's no. And the well, other thing about it is no, that we just Caroline, hate ourselves. Have yeah. I ever said that I'm not an asshole with a punchable face? <laughs> Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe if we not. didn't hate ourselves, we wouldn't be making this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, his true. his big line when when Milo's like, "All right, Alan, give give the dummy mouth to mouth," and he's like, "No thanks, she's not my type." Mm. <laughs> they also said CPR would make a good party game, which sounded kind of racy to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that was just an attempt to like sneak in a line about how like this isn't a game; it's serious business, kids. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting. And then uh, it's Punky and Margot, who's the snotty rich girl, who end up working on the resuscitating. But wait, all so Alan gets thrown out because he just won't stop fucking around. <laughs> he's given ample warning. Like yes, he's really right. gets a lot. He gets at least three strikes. He yeah. can't not be cool. He knows his audience. But <laughs> it's interesting because then once he's kicked out, the scene becomes completely serious mm-hmm. and yeah. it's not like somber like serious but it's just basically watching a straight up cpr like you could just show this video in a class and then maybe it wouldn't be fucking six hours long yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh a the kids are really excited about this and i just don't think kids would be that excited about this fake scenario yeah but secondly ryan did you see what i saw what? I don't know. <laughs> the this boom feels like mic. a trap. Oh, there was a boom oh, mic. No. Oh, I missed the boom. I'm such a good boom spotter. You love the boom. The other thing is when was you go it to a like a nice one, David. Yeah, it was a big boom. It was actually really bad. <laughs> and, and to be fair, How big was it was my boom? girlfriend Lauren who spotted it and then said, "Did you see the boom?" And I was like, nice. uh, "No." So I had to rewind. And yeah, during that scene, boom. it just yeah. creeps in from the upper right hand corner and it just hovers there. Boom goes the dynamite, baby. The other thing when you go to six-hour CPR training is it's like two people are teaching it in the beginning. They're like, I'm Deborah. I'm from Ohio. I've been doing this for... Th-. And you're like, I do not give a fuck. Like, this is so long. I don't Shut it, your- Deborah from Ohio. I don't even do need, I need a brief Do I need to know file. that you're from Iowa to have you teach me CPR? I'm going to forget about you as soon as I can. Can I ask you something, Ryan? Yes. What did they need six hours for? Ah, uh, like a bunch of PowerPoint presentations. <laughs> like, did they teach you how the human body works? <laughs> They're like, Cause... this is a penis. <laughs> this is a vagina. Well, I'm not I'm not trying to downplay the importance of CPR or whether it's necessary no. or not, but I feel like they have to demonstrate on that, and then you should do it a few times, you know, and show that you can breathe right and do the... Yeah, you have to do it on the torso with the face. And depending yeah. on how many people are in the class, it may take some time to cycle through everybody. But that seems like a two-hour venture right there. Like, what you all do it at the same time. At the very least, I feel like it's a half day. Like, well, four hours max. And I think, too, it's one of those things where if you could just compress it to two hours and just get down to business, I think it would be more effective. Because it's six hours, like, everyone's like, this fucking shit's six hours long. <laughs> yeah. And then, even if you're paying attention for the first hour, you're, like, hungry, and you're looking at your watch. There's not even, I don't even think there was free food or coffee or anything. Because they yeah, like, alcoholics of, like, did coffee. they just tell you about other stuff to do, or other first aid or anything? They were just, well, actually, about two hours of it was just them summarizing this episode and discussing <laughs> <laughs> Well, Ryan, did you turn to them. the person sitting next to you and say, 
hey, if I die in the middle of this, don't use CPR to revive me. I looked and I was like, hey, let's go get high in the parking lot. (laughs) Did you use CPR training to hold your puffs? Yeah. Yeah, it strengthens your lungs. Nice. So Ryan was the Alan of his CPR class. And we're all the Alans of this podcast. Yeah. I mean, this shit needs an Alan. Like, I wish there's fucking... This, like, is about the need for wise assery. <laughs> so did you guys like when, when Milo's giving them their scenario where they're like, you're walking down the street and you see an old man collapse. What do you do? And Margot says, if only it was, like, 15 years in the future. Why? Because then I'd be married to a doctor. Yeah. It was a good way, like, I I got what her whole deal was just from that. I was like, oh, okay, she's, like, the snotty rich white girl. Right. Exactly. And then I was like, is that Kirsten Dunst? (laughs) (laughs) Did anybody else, I know we're probably not even supposed to call back to Saved by the Bell anymore, but did anybody else think of- Carol keeps doing it. I know! It's embarrassing, but here we are. Did anybody else remember that that Christmas miracle when the hobo went down and (laughs) (laughs) assaulted him immediately with CPR? Well, they knew what they were doing. They- they pulled down their pants and started administering CPR. <laughs> it's too bad Punky Brewster wasn't there to help him. <laughs> or when uh, Rod Belding had uh, had the boys making out with their girlfriend yeah. and rafting trip. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was wild. That was when they learned CPR. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so then we're in, we're in the mall and Henry is scrolling on into Cheapo Chester's appliance store. So looking for looking for his new fridge. Speaking of Saved by the Bell callbacks. Right, yeah. No, we have, we have the same one. Go ahead. <laughs> I feel like Chivo Chester and Jem Diamond Gem made Diamond. their own spin-off show. Yeah, oh, I yeah. feel like they're related. Like, maybe they're <laughs> secret brothers. Maybe they're Ma's the same Ma. Yeah. Yeah, Ma, exactly. get the car. It would be cool if there was, like, a series that was, like, a bunch of different one-time TV swindlers <laughs> from TV shows, and they all, like, live in an apartment together, you know? It could be <laughs> shot like the real world. <laughs> They're, like, swindling each other over milk in the fridge. Like, you ate my peanut butter. I never even saw any peanut butter. (laughs) They, like, have to pay the light bill, and they have different aliases. Yeah, yeah, now let me run it through my Swiss bank account. (laughs) Have I got the deal for you? You pay the electricity bill for nine months. I will get you the best premium. Uh, did you guys recognize Cheapo Chester? Was it Jem Diamond? <laughs> it was not Jem Diamond. Is it George was Clinton? It Frank Bonner? It, damn you, David. Uh, Quit feeding the crack research team gruel and getting <laughs> legs up on this process. Sure, yes. I have no idea who Frank Bonner is. It was Frank Bonner who was Herb in WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh. Are we damn. sure it's not Frank Boner to I go know. along with... George to be Davis. fair, it very well could be Frank Boner. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, Henry gets Henry gets conned into buying a fridge, and that's yeah. the end of that. Yeah, it's an easy con because, well, my one problem is he's like, what's this about lifetime payments? And he says, don't worry, that's not very long for you. And I'm like, I don't know if insulting your customers is the best way to get them to buy something from you. Well, it's never really made clear to us. Is it a shitty fridge? Is it just not as good a deal as he thinks? Or is he buying, like, a, a busted-ass fridge? <laughs> his <laughs> fridge sucks because it has a latch on the inside allowing orphans to escape. But that's his old fridge. No, it's the new one. It sucks because it does have that. No. Oh, you're saying he's selling him an old model? Yeah, he's giving him a new fridge that won't murder children. 
Yeah, and who? everyone wants their fridge to murder a few children every once in a while. Right? It's how you get free power. <laughs> I just wasn't clear, like, maybe... Yeah, no, it's, it's very unclear whether... Because he even says, like, oh, I'll knock 200 bucks off the price, and that's what gets Henry interested. And I'm like, seems like a fair deal. Yeah. And maybe it just... Was, I feel like I, maybe it just wasn't as good a deal as he thinks it was. Especially since he got pressured into it, so he bought it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they use another guy to come up and want to buy the thing somebody is considering, mm-hmm. and that forces them to buy it there because of the competition of the invisible hand. Yeah, you know, because it's the only one left. So if he doesn't buy it, then he has to. Right. But what's yeah. interesting is the guy's like, "I'll buy it for this sticker price," but then Henry had a two hundred dollars knocked off. He's like, "No, this is mine," and I'm like. But if you're the salesman, wouldn't you just go with the person who's going to pay the more money for it? So, I don't know. Yeah, he's not the best grifter. (laughs) (laughs) So then we come back from commercial, and the kids are playing hide-and-seek in the apartment building's backyard? Yes. Yeah. I guess. I've never really lived in an apartment. I don't know if they have backyards. But this one's on the apartment. It's not crazy. Yeah, where is this show? I believe it's Chicago, at least in okay. the opening credits. They are going, as so many people do in sitcom opening credits, to Wrigley Field yeah. to see the Cubs. Yeah, that looks about Very right. It would be a, like a brick. Field. Yes. It would be like a brick apartment, and oh. then there would be like a, a, a long yard with a fence to the outside. Yeah. And a treehouse. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. So anyway, kids are playing hide-and-seek, which is apparently the deadliest game ever. <laughs> and... uh. There's an the old fridge of Henry's is looming ominously in the background of this scene as they all run and hide. And as Alan is counting down, a frantic Sherry decides to hide in the fridge, thus giving the fridge exactly what it wants. So can you tell me how this mix up happens? Because there just seems to be a lot of jumble of information that leads to Sherry ending in that up in that fridge. So while they so Margo and Punky go and hide in the box the new fridge came in. And right. then... Yeah, and hide-and-seek, you always want to hide with somebody, because that makes a lot of sense. But... Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. I also feel like hiding in a moving spot close to the like the tree that's home base seems like cheating, but whatever. <laughs> well, it's um, not a very big set. No, it's also... Yeah, it's not. So, as they go and hide, Sherry's like running around trying to find a spot to hide. And she briefly goes back inside the apartment building, passing Henry on the way. Then he continues out of the backyard off camera. To Jack. Sherry comes. Well, yeah. And so then Sherry comes back out of the building again, sees the fridge, is lured in by its siren's call, (laughs) and climbs inside. So then Henry's left thinking, oh, she went inside the building because that was the last place he saw her going. Yeah, because he's pretty like, hey, I saw her go back in the building. Yeah, I never considered her coming back out of the building. I thought he was just lying. Yeah, he (laughs) hates Sherry, right? That's what this is about. (laughs) He makes the comment about how he doesn't want the kids playing near the fridge. And I'm like, they're kind of like playing... They couldn't be playing anymore near it right now. (laughs) Yeah. like it's, It's not that large of a backyard set. Well, it's his fault for not taking the door off the fridge. All of oh, we'll, we'll get to that. There's plenty of blame to go around here, Ryan. That's true. <laughs> you guys, cherry, more like refrigeratory. 
Am I right? I know that I am. I'm not high fiving you. That's fine. <laughs> that might be our open for this episode. <laughs> See, Austin high fived me, and I'm high fiving myself. You can, you can from the it. inside. <laughs> Feels good. So we had a couple like those suspenseful close calls where disaster is almost averted before it starts. Where after Alan counts, he like puts his hand on the handle of the fridge. But then kind of oh, decides yeah. against it. And then after the whole hide-and-seek thing, uh, Henry comes back and he's about to, like, take the door off the fridge. But then it's yep. snowing, so they decide to go it's in like, and you just feel like, just open the fridge for Pete's sake. I know, just do it. At least That's check. how I felt. I know. I'm going to keep checking if there's a child stuck <laughs> in all sorts of stuff now. I'm just going to keep checking right, the this... fridge and then maybe help myself to a snack every half hour. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, get scared yeah, snack. David, yeah. David, that's why, as a kid, I was both afraid of fridges <laughs> and also kind of fat. <laughs> <laughs> Did you look, feel, and listen for children slash snacks in the fridge? <laughs> yes, I looked, feel, and listened for children. Upon not finding any... <laughs> I found some bologna sandwiches and ate those. Look, feel, and listen for bologna. I want to say, wait, we, we glommed over something, too, because there's a really long CPR instruction that goes on for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Right. And when they're trying to get the girls to give the CPR to the Hillary Clinton doll, um, the one, the Kirsten Dunst one, one doesn't want to do it, and she's like, oh, no, I can't, I have a cold sore, which I thought was weird. She has herpes. What do you want? Yeah, yeah she's like yeah. ten. She's like a ten-year-old girl. I mean, I know that that's Kirsten Chicago, Dunst and she's a child star. But even still. <laughs> and they also teach you to look, feel, and listen in CPR. Did they teach you that, Ryan? Have you learned how to feel yet? I don't remember because there wasn't free coffee. So fuck them. <laughs> I was on looking on fucking Facebook the whole day. I was liking people's posts. So we come back from commercial. And Sherry is stuck in the fridge. And honestly, like, her little, like, cries for help are kind of sad. It's so sad. Yeah. I was trying to laugh at it, but I couldn't. You guys were laughing? Bad. It goes in and out of commercial with her, like, pounding on the fridge, asking for help. And it recalls all, like, your greatest claustrophobic fears of, like, mm-hmm. being, like, buried alive or something like that. Right. Yeah, like, it was right. unsettling. Yeah. Well, it's like the scene, everyone's like, well, better all, we better all go inside now. It's getting yeah. cold. And then it's, like, kind of a long shot of the refrigerator, oh, yeah. and I kept waiting for it to fade out. I was like, fuck, this is unsettling. And then she starts being like, help me. And you're like, oh, it was, oh. <laughs> yeah, And then she's like, grandma. And you're like, no. <laughs> It's so sad. It is. It's really sad. And according to the that that little oral history that I found mm-hmm. online, there were because obviously this is like a kids show, so they would always have kids in the studio audience, and uh. kids would like yell out like "Let her out!" Get her out of there! <laughs> oh, yeah. While they were filming it, that's cute. And then yeah, the- apparently they had a hard time figuring out for like a long time. They when they were filming it at first, they would basically like put her in there with oxygen Uh uh-huh while they were filming it and the actress thought that was really cool because she thought it was like doing her own stunts but then they were like that's probably not a good idea (laughs) and then they just built a false back on the fridge but it was too late (laughs) she was already addicted to oxygen i'm like can't you just poke holes in the back or and they're like oh fuck we're supposed to give her oxygen we gave her oxycontin (laughs) we gave her nitrous (laughs) oxygen Um, another fun trivia fact is that in this is a little unrelated, but it comes back around. 
And the Back to the Future initial script, the DeLorean was not a DeLorean. It was a refrigerator. But too many actors died in the shooting of that first Yeah, (laughs) they lost the first clone of Michael J. Yeah, they didn't want to encourage kids. That's that's what happened to to, uh, uh, Eric Stoltz. Yeah. (laughs) He might as well have, really. Yeah, they they didn't end up wanting. It was for the budget, and they were going to modify it. And then they didn't want to encourage more Austins to get lost inside the balloon. Box, so. The other, this was the other, the, the extended shot of her trying to get out of the fridge and just seeing it from the outside while she's stuck in there, was the other time it really struck me, the uh, Punky Brewster forever on the screen. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Never forget. Yep. So yeah, they're all like, we need to find Sherry before we go inside, and, and Henry's like, oh, I saw her go inside the apartment building, I'm sure she's in there. Liar. So then they go inside, and somehow, like, apparently Henry like took three steps at a time and ran because we cut to him in the apartment getting ice out of his brand new fridge and talking to Sherry's grandma for like two or three minutes before the kids come in and they're like, Sherry, where are you? Come on out. The game's over. Yeah. And they can't find Sherry because, of course, we know she is stuck in the fridge. Well, we know that. So eventually they... This is where Henry learns he was grifted, too. He should just throw that. Yeah. Yeah. Sherry's grandma's like, you didn't buy that from Cheapo Chester, did you? He's like, uh, uh, no. (laughs) It's another much-needed moment of levity. Yeah. Yes, in the midst of of a child painfully suffocating. I know, we're about to see see a dead child. (laughs) Get a a few laughs in real quick. (laughs) Real quick before that. So they end up going back outside. And wouldn't you know it, the two people that open up the fridge and find her are Henry and smartass Alan, mm-hmm. who are functionally useless because Henry doesn't know CPR. And like Ryan, Alan couldn't be arsed to pay attention in class. <laughs> right. You know what's weird is I, I watched this today, and I still don't feel bad about not paying attention to <laughs> CPR in class. <laughs> I did so like I how like... it was the two men who were, yeah, the most useless in this. Yeah. <laughs> right, and then it's the girls that save her, which is cool, but it's like the two white girls. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's just how it happened. It, they could have put the 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 black girl outside of the fridge. Yeah, Kirsten Dunst could have been stuck in the fridge. Yeah, but we get an nice. interracial but racial kiss though. You know. That's true, it and also nice Kirsten Dunst has a cold sore, so she never gives her the CPR. Yeah, we yeah. actually don't need her in this. Well, she spots. She does a spot check on Punky yeah. Brewster CPR. So yeah. they when they find her, when Alan and Henry find her in the fridge, the music gets like super dramatic because oh, of man. course you know. We're dealing with a dead child, and I'm not saying it shouldn't be very dramatic, but it was less like something really bad has happened dramatic, and more like Skeletor's gained the <laughs> upper hand on He-Man dramatic. Yeah. Oh my god, Alan, give me a hand. It's so right. Sherry. Sherry. It was like a full orchestra, wasn't it? Yeah, like it just got like super intense. It was like It was like had like a spooky skeleton come out and like laugh and then pull back away. It was like a music for a slow pan of like uh Sauron's castle or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's like the orcs march out of it to war or something. They had the skeleton with the blonde wig on it from the Punky Brewster Halloween episode. Yeah. Gatlin by. 
so yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure what we learn here is that the real crime is not paying attention in class. Yeah, yeah, that's basically Ooh, what Ryan. it's about. Ryan, <laughs> whatever you fucking fucks don't know CPR. <laughs> I'll put CPR my mouth on anybody. <laughs> was it from Spider Man <laughs> or Captain in, in America? Was it Captain America this time? <laughs> David, see me after class. <laughs> I'll give you CPR. <laughs> I actually think it was like tenth or eleventh grade. Now that I think about it, whatever. Well, thankfully, Margot and Punky actually did pay attention in class. Mm-hmm. So they come running outside and they go through the whole routine. And this is where, like, they they even go through the whole, like, look, listen, feel thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I guess, you know, we're trying to teach kids about CPR in this episode, so that's good. But at the same time, I'm like, I feel like you'd be saving her a lot faster if you weren't narrating your actions at the same time. <laughs> but they're teaching the audience. Here's the other thing about this, too, is... If when I got that CPR training, if later that day someone had suffocated, then maybe I could have remembered. It would have been fresh on my mind. But this shit is a little convenient to me that they learn CPR and the next thing that happens is that they need to apply it. Like, love, yeah, the lesson the... is don't learn CPR because if you do, then somebody's going to have a life-threatening I'm experience. just saying if they had learned CPR in one episode and then six months later the kid was in the refrigerator, maybe they'd be like, fuck, wait, what's the first thing we do? I love how this episode of our show has turned into a justification for Ryan fucking around on his phone during CPR class. I'm convinced I did the right thing. <laughs> Those Facebook updates were important, damn it. I know, there was like a, they made like a little tiny burrito and they fed it to a hamster. That is Those are line. adorable. He That's just puts the whole thing in his mouth all at once. He doesn't give a fuck about how much they prepare it. <laughs> well, see, have the advantage over humans because they just store things in their cheeks, so they don't yeah. need a refrigerator. Well, I think I've seen Ryan do that with a whole burrito. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see Ryan like a hamburger in each cheek. Yeah. <laughs> For later. Yeah, exactly. And so they they send uh, they send Alan because he's you know functionally useless here. They're like, mm-hmm. go call the paramedics, which is one of those like y- you don't think about it necessarily, but nowadays like everybody there would have had a phone in their pocket. Yeah. Well, and they could have just Googled what to do. They could have Googled CPR. <laughs> Henry's like Henry's like, well, Alan, since you're fucking useless, why don't you go inside? Can you handle that? Yeah. Can you go inside and get some help? Him across the face. He's gonna stand there and cry. Is that what you're gonna do? Thanks a lot, Alan. Great. <laughs> so then, uh, so Margo and Punky are giving CPR, and I, I obviously I never noticed this as a kid, but I'm pretty sure that they they made they rigged the set so that it's the actress's head, and then there's like the CPR dummy. Yeah, that's possible. Really? Right out next to it, so that they can do like the chest compressions and stuff. Hmm. Uh, well, the the way that I noticed that Kirsten Dunst is like when she's pressing down on her, it's like really half ass. Yeah, that's. But you know weird. what? I'm I'm pretty sure, and you could verify this, David. I'm pretty sure this entire sequence is computer generated. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so yeah, they bring her back, and she's like, "Oh my god, you guys, what happened?" And her grandma comes down, and it's all, it's cheerful, and everybody's happy. And She's like, Grandma, I saw Grandpa! <laughs> I was happy. He's with, he's with 40 virgins! <laughs> and they do, they do make a point of saying, like, the paramedics are on the way. So, like, this isn't just a, Sherry's gonna get up and dust herself yeah. off and go back to playing hide-and-seek kind of a thing. 
What if she just uh, got right back in the fridge? Let's <laughs> <laughs> oh, play another round. Let's play some more hide and seek. Then she goes back. Like, God damn it, Sherry! <laughs> They'll never look for me in here again. <laughs> I mean, it really would be the best hiding place. It would. This would be the last place anyone would look. Well, they take the door off now. So. Well, no, they don't. It's okay, oh. so. So Alan, meanwhile, <laughs> Sherry's alive and everybody's happy. And then Alan's like moping over by the tree because he's like, I was such a fucking smart ass that Sherry could have died. And Henry's like, don't be so hard on yourself, Alan. We were both functionally useless in this scenario. <laughs> I like when Alan felt bad. Do you guys think we'll see a podcast <laughs> miracle and have Ryan feel bad? <laughs> well, when I start... <laughs> Save him! Part of why when I had that training I was like choking. Part of why I was like, whatever, fuck this is I was like, Well, there's like twenty people in this room and most of them will be in the building. Like if one of my kids starts choking on a on a peanut or whatever, I'll just run down the hall. I thought you were gonna say there's only like twenty people you know worth saving. So the odds of them being one you have to save are pretty good. No, what I do is just go down the hall and find someone Neither of the other people who asked me if we were getting paid, because I'm sure they too were not paying attention. <laughs> as soon as you told them no, they yeah. were. I mean, just give us a stipend or something. Just fucking give us free lunch. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you know. Would it kill them to give you two burritos to store in your cheeks for six pathetic. hours? A fucking salad bar or something, you know. Salad Jesus Christ. So. I'm sure they don't want food to fall into the dummy. <laughs> yeah. So Henry Order goes, some pizzas. Like, Alan... Don't worry, we both didn't know what to do, and this is my fault, because I really should have taken that door off the fridge sooner. And then he walks over to the fridge and shuts the door and then walks away. (laughs) And you're like, maybe you should take the door off now? Somehow, Yeah, somehow in my mind, like, he did. I just wrote that over for him, because it doesn't make sense. Nope, he says he should have, but he doesn't. They should have had a sequence that was as long as the CPR training of him just like, (laughs) just like taking the door off. Here's how you take a door off a refrigerator. That doesn't take that long, does it? I feel like if you had the right um, screwdriver, like two minutes. Yeah, it shouldn't take that long. So what's your question, David? Does Alan have parents? No. I don't know. He, he too is a lovable orphan. Because <laughs> if he does, <laughs> what would they think of the old man across the street taking him to CPR class with him? Oh yeah, because he's like, we'll both go take a CPR class, yeah, Alan. Yeah. Like, yeah, I bet they hang out. He's a mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. <laughs> Henry's a good guy. <laughs> I, mean, I know that, but does his parents know that? Everyone's a good guy until they punch slash rape a child. <laughs> Jesus. Only takes one. This is before that episode of Different Strokes aired, so people weren't as aware of the problem. I think it was actually after, but, you know. Well, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, theoretically, I would assume that, like, if assuming he has parents and he isn't just, like, a wandering street urchin, um, that much like the relationship between Henry and Sherry's grandma, he probably knows the parents and the parents know him. Yeah. And so it wouldn't be that odd if they went and took a, a class together. Yeah, I was just trying to make a joke. Well, I ran that into the ground for you. <laughs> <laughs> if he is just a traveling orphan, maybe we could recruit him for our crack research team. Haven't we lost a couple lately? <laughs> We were always losing a few. There's a lot of malnourished <laughs> members of the crack research team. We don't know if he'd be that good of a member. He might have too much sass back. Uh, Austin catches them using refrigerator. <laughs> 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 With, like, pizza in there or something. And then they go for the pizza. And then he, like, 
pulls the string and the door swings shut on them. Ooh, I've turned my fear Ooh. into a strength. <laughs> <laughs> so, everybody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. How, how do you how do you think this worked as a special episode? Well, I didn't want to go in no refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, I think it probably helped. I mean, it's a very very specific issue. Like, I can't think of an incident that I in which my life was spared by having seen this. <laughs> but statistically, I mean, I'm sure that kids who saw this would not crawl into refrigerators afterwards. <laughs> well, see, I think we're getting on the core problem here, which is. I believe this episode was supposed to be more about the value of CPR and that everybody, including kids, should learn how to perform it. Well, but fuck then that. They also, <laughs> threw this refrigerator plot in there, and now everyone's takeaway is don't get stuck in a refrigerator and they forget all about the CPR. Well, it's like a really ultra-specific um, need for CPR. Like, it's yeah, not like, yeah. oh, they're swimming in the pool and a kid was under the water for too long or like i don't know a normal thing yeah i mean if for the average kid assuming that your elderly non-biologically related guardian purchased a new fridge and then left his pre-1950s <laughs> relic of a fridge in the general vicinity where you and your friends are playing hide and seek and one of said friends decides to climb inside that fridge, it probably isn't the kind of scenario you're going to find yourself in very often. Yeah. And I think, too, those fridges just, like, probably nobody has a functioning fridge now that you can get stuck in anymore. Yeah. That's why the lesson was supposed to be about just learning CPR in general yeah. for anything that might happen. No, and, and to your point, David, I would say that I I, I absolutely agree. The The lesson we're supposed to learn here is the importance of CPR. But I can tell you from personal experience, watching this as a kid, my takeaway was fridges are deadly machines <laughs> that will kill you given any opportunity. And yeah, I guess it's probably good to learn CPR at some point. When we were talking about this episode, like you called it the refrigerator episode. Yeah. And like, I've heard of this. Like, I never have seen this episode as far as I can remember. But I knew that there was a refrigerator. I thought the kid was going to die. I didn't know. That yeah, but you know it as, you've heard of it as the refrigerator episode, yeah. not the CPR yeah, episode. Yeah. And I think that's the problem. And they probably just wanted, well, you said they heard some stories, and then they're like, this is a way to have an A plot and a B plot, and they all converge yeah, like a, in the Seinfeldian A lesson fashion. and a B lesson yeah. kind of going on. Yeah. When the, the kid, the two kids that, like, wrote in this idea and won the contest and like showed up on the show later. Mm -hmm. um, their, their original idea was just the kids learn first aid. And then they random, like a stranger yeah. randomly collapses and they use the CPR to revive them. And that would have been a better way to teach the lesson about the importance of CPR. Although yeah. like it being just like a random, I don't know. It probably should have still been like a cast member. It should have been Henry. Just should Henry should have choked on a peanut. Yeah. Yeah, or something. Or Had a heart attack. I don't choked know. on a chicken bone when his uh... <laughs> <laughs> when Sherry's grandma told her she was pregnant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then Alan's like, "Here, chew this bread." Yeah. And be like, "No, Alan, we learned in class not to cram bread down choking people's throats." Yeah, how come there wasn't the part of the CPR where they showed you how to put a roll in someone who was choking? <laughs> <laughs> that's my takeaway well and the other thing is that um 
because like we've done a couple very special episodes of topical mm-hmm. or uh cautionary but it's like learning cpr is like i don't think anyone's just like sitting around in the living room and they're like oh i should i should know cpr it's like a thing you're instructed like if you have to teach a class or if or like in this case the cpr people come to their school like punky brewster doesn't even make a choice to learn cpr yeah. So it's more just about paying attention in class. Yeah, she takes the choice to take class seriously, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I take my class seriously. No, it's, I mean, it's one of those things, like, particularly, like, now as a parent where I think, you know, God, I really should go take, like, a CPR class so that I know the right way to do this. And if, you know, something terrible were to happen, I could at least feel like I was as informed as possible to to try to help. But then you're like, uh, what's on TV now? <laughs> Also, when when his friends come over, Austin's always like, "Hey, look, my kid fits right in the refrigerator. <laughs> Let's go have some beers. We'll just leave him in here. Yeah. <laughs> he can get out if he wants to. It's a modern fridge. He won't, bo- he won't bother us because he can't get out. We got twenty two minutes till his heart stops. He looks just like a little roast chicken, doesn't he? Okay, goodbye, baby. <laughs> uh, so, David, what did you? What was your ul- ultimate takeaway from this my episode? Ultimate takeaway. Was that uh, snow is no excuse not to take the door off a refrigerator? Yeah, that's a that's a good lesson. That's what Henry learned. He said, "Yeah, regardless of anything, snow was not an excuse. He shouldn't have done it." Uh, Ryan, how about you? I learned that you don't need to know CPR (laughs) in order to adopt a child. Or at least to be a foster parent. Yeah, yeah nobody asks if you know CPR. They don't care. Uh, Carol, how about you? Well, let's see. The most special parts to me of this episode were, did you guys notice on the table there was a small golden retriever that was shaped like the golden retriever that they had? Yeah. No. Yeah, it was, David got it. it was, was it like ceramic? Or uh-huh, something? or okay. it was a sentient small statue dog. Hmm. All right. I, I didn't see it move, but it might have. And uh, I also was thinking that they should make um, a resuscitation annie for people to practice the female orgasm on. Yeah, you know, well, that's what in those all real seriousness, dolls like, that would lights not be up a terrible when idea. You... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, a real doll with some lights, and you know, there'd have to be like three or four different varieties because women are varied, like beautiful. Yeah, there'd have to be three oceans. more than three or four. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just doing three or four. You can you can make more later. <laughs> the first model. You need to make a programmable one. <laughs> no, Austin. Is, is what it boils down to. It's true. No. <laughs> and then, a configurable uh, one. But uh, also, I was struck by the reminder to look, listen, and feel every day, every day. Yeah. Uh, and as for me, uh, putting aside what I learned from this episode as a child, as an adult, it reminded me that if you don't pay attention in class, people might die. Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> yeah. What? Ryan. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was texting. <laughs> you just this baby panda bear just fell over. Oh, <laughs> oh adorbs. Uh Ryan, when you are in CPR class and paying attention to online things on your phone, uh where might somebody find you doing that? I know, you can fucking send me a message, I'll get right back to you if I'm in CPR class. <laughs> uh oh yes, very nice is my website. That's O H Y E S very nice dot com. You can see my artwork. Oh yes, very nice comics is my Tumblr where I put some 
newer artwork. It's also oh yes, very nice is my Twitter handle and my Instagram, and you can follow me on those things if you're interested. How about you, David? Uh, can I get a snack first? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> oh God! Someone get your mouth on him. <laughs> Put your mouth anywhere on him. Give him a piece of bread. <laughs> He needs a roll. me on, <laughs> on Twitter if I can tweet from a refrigerator. And <laughs> the real gender he, choked. he choked and then he walked into his fridge. That was the damnedest thing I ever <laughs> <saw>. <laughs> He's one with the fridge now. <laughs> Carol, where can we find you online? Oh, you can find me at www.com. CarolynMain.com, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-A-I-N, like this street, Carolynmain on Twitter, Carolynmain on Tumblr, Carolynmain on Facebook. Uh, as for me, you can uh, find me still carrying around a fair amount of caution regarding refrigerators <laughs> on Twitter at Austin Gordon, and you can read my writing at therealgentlemanofleisure.com. And you can uh, follow our show on Twitter at AVSEpod. And you can email us at AVSEpodcast at gmail.com. You can like our Facebook page and drop us some comments and feedback and recommendations for future things to watch there. And uh, you can rate and review us on iTunes, where you can also download and subscribe to the show. And, uh, I mean, if you're going to take the time to rate and review us, I would like to think that you would give us a good rating because yeah. if you give us a bad rating, it's just not worth the time. Yeah, no. we should do a special episode on what happens if you give us a bad rating and it is we come to your house and murder you. <laughs> well, what we and, do uh, is we just uh, knock you unconscious <laughs> and choke you till you stop breathing. Then we let Ryan try to resuscitate you, and whatever happens, happens after that. Whatever but he's you too need busy to rating and reviewing other podcasts on <laughs> iTunes via his phone to really do much. What? I'm sorry, I'm looking on Twitter now. <laughs> uh, next week, David, what are we going to be talking about? Well, the original plan was to investigate male rape in Too Close for Comfort. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, just like the title says. I would say, yeah. That's definitely, <laughs> definitely do those for comfort. But apparently that episode is just simply nowhere to be found. So It hasn't come out on DVD. It hasn't come out on VHS. It was only aired once and never syndicated. So we need a nerd with Betamax who taped it the first run. Yeah. And to be clear, I don't think really much of any Too Close for Comfort is available out there. Like, yeah. Like, I don't think it's, like, some sort of grand conspiracy involving this episode. I just don't think, like, anybody has any Too Close for Comfort episodes. Yeah, if anyone has any hot leads on how to watch that, we'll watch it. We're trying to. Pretty please. Yeah. Send it in. So, in absence of that, we are going to learn about the dangers of drugs and how only cartoons can save us from that. Yay! Um, <laughs> All-Stars to the Rescue. Oh, man. I remember that pretty well at rest right now. Is it just one episode? Of yeah, it's just a half-hour special uh, that first has an introduction by Ronald and Nancy Reagan, I believe. Yeah, no, it's my George favorite cartoon and, No, it's George Bush and uh, 
the Guyper. Oh, that's not as good. Yeah, Barbara I think Bush, George and Barbara Bush. Maybe we'd have to see. And then it's just all your favorite uh, car- Saturday morning cartoons have to band together. It even goes across networks, and they all help us. Oh wow! With drugs. Yeah. If, like, the Ninja Turtles and Winnie the Pooh, like, existed at the same time, yeah. don't you think the Turtles would, like, punch <laughs> Winnie the Pooh? There's the Smurfs and Garfield and maybe a favorite uh, <laughs> alien from Melmac. The... Ooh, that's Ooh. true. Finally, we've dangled and we've met him, but now we get to hang out more. Uh, David, just message us what drugs you want us to be on while yeah. we record it. In clear violation of the spirit of the episode. <laughs> That will be our our next episode after this one. In the meantime, for a very special episode, this is Austin Gorton reminding you that the next time you're standing in front of the fridge trying to decide what to drink or what to eat, you'd better think fast because that fridge could swallow you whole at any moment. Yeah, that was this ABC on your home PC with some VIPs of SBTP. Was it Austin G? Dr. D.B., R.A.C., or the C-Money. What the heck was with that TV? This podcast is kind of funny. Excuse us all, because we got to go pee. That was a very special episode. We dissected that shit from head to toe. Did the time fly by, or was it slow? Got so many life lessons. Oh, how we've grown. Seen so much TV. I'll say. Uh, go ahead. I lost. I lost my train of thought now. <laughs> Did someone else die horribly? No, no. no, no. I think I was just gonna bring up that there's a horror movie that involves a demonic fridge, and I feel like we need need to address. That. <laughs> we should watch that as a counterpoint. Yeah, Is exactly. it Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull? <laughs> no, this one like the fridge like eats people. It's like a portal to hell, and it's, oh wow. Well.